welcome to the Gone Rogue Podcast. I'm Ben, as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast Connie to bring you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. This week, we're discussing the recent Pokemon video, Dreaming of Good Times. We'll also be speculating on who the new characters are in the upcoming Pokemon TCG set, Tempur- Temporal Forces. And no one said Tempura there for some reason. Temporal. And finally, <laughs> Temporal. And finally, we'll be discussing the recently released Pokemon games sales figures. As always, you can jump to a topic using the timestamps in the description below. You can tell I have not recorded any new content for quite a while. I I just am floundering in front of the camera and the microphone for whatever reason. At least one of the two of us is a professional. Connie, hello. Yeah, I just stay silent and just leave you to it at this point. Just watch Let me you just ramble. See, off. if I was a real <laughs> professional, I would step in and help you and like save my co-host. But no, I just, just sit here and watch you suffer with the rest of them. You want all the power to yourself. You want to see me gone, don't you? I, I see. I see your game plan. I don't want to replace you. I don't know who else I'd have <laughs> on this podcast. I couldn't. I don't. I couldn't put up with anyone else every week. <laughs> You've said that before. I have. I, and I mean it. I mean it wholeheartedly. Oh, I'm I'm glad we get on for for it just I was gonna say the podcast sake then, but no, we get on in real life as well. I love it. We are friends. We, ben, we're, we're friends. friends. Remember we're this. Friends, <laughs> we are, yes, okay. <laughs> so let's jump into the first question we have that has nothing to do with Pokemon, but I thought it was quite a quite a cool one. Uh it comes courtesy of Tony, who does like throwing out these, you know left of field questions with the lovely and highly anticipated new Spider-Man movie from Sony Madam Web coming out on Valentine's Day if you had the power to see into the future how would you use that to plan the perfect date to plan the so, perfect date yeah the perfect date so my understanding of her powers in the from the trailer is that i think she experiences the bad things happening <laughs> so that she can avoid them which isn't kind of how i want to plan a date because that means by the time you get around to ha- m- having the perfect date you've already experienced surely the worst possible date right multiple times yeah, to get to that multiple point. times <laughs> is, are you are we on like the is it next or knowing it's one of the nicholas cage ones where you can see like two minutes into the future and he just lives well, out dude. every single possible wrong answer until he knows what the right one is and then does that. Which I oh, guess is what is... we're going with here. The idea that I, I see so. into the future, I see all the worst possible outcomes to the date so yeah. that I can pick the right one. Yeah. Well, actually, no, that that actually does help because you could start with, because you start with the easiest thing is what do you want to do? And you give them suggestions. Oh, we could do this. I don't want to do that. Oh, I could do this. Oh, that sounds all right. How about we do this? Oh, that sounds like the best thing ever. Let's do that. So that's how you start it with the figuring out what you want to do or where you want to go. Actually, could you could you go even further than further back than that? Like each individual person that you're thinking of asking out on a date and seeing your future with them. Like one of those flash forwards of, oh no, divorced in three years. Oh yeah, no, uh, <laughs> she's killed I me guess in five. You could, but then you stop living life. You do, yes. You know, if if the only <laughs> choice you ever make is the quote unquote right choice, you're never ever gonna learn anything. You're never gonna live. 
And that's the thing. Surely having the perfect date. Sure, I could see into the future and see what this other person is going to respond to perfectly. What is going to Mm. make them fall head over heels in love with me on day one. But that's not me that they're falling in love with. Mm. That's No, it's not. Pasteurized, faked version of me that I've created in a vacuum. The ultimate catfish. Yeah, pretty much. If I want a date to go well, just see how it goes. And if it don't work yeah. out, probably for the best. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think if I was going to use that power, I can see into the future. I think I would just use it for the little things. Not to see the if the restaurant's things. closed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird little things like that of like, okay, if I'm going to pick her up, where am I going to park? You get what I mean? Like yeah. little things like that that don't impact the future, your you, what they think of you, what you think of them. It's just do the I need to bring a coat? Convenience. Do I yeah, need to bring an umbrella because she's forgot to bring a coat? Yeah, you know yeah. these little things. That's fine, but yeah, I, I wouldn't start trying to mold yourself via the future. That seems like you a know why. dark road to go down. It, it, it yeah, it seems like something. You know what? There is like, and I can't believe Hollywood hasn't done this yet. There is a film there, isn't there? Probably. Like of that typical time travel scenes of the future element, but from the perspective of someone who would absolutely abuse the hell out of that for narcissistic and selfish reasons. Oh, that sounds like a good film. Anyway, we wouldn't do that because, of course, kind of with great power comes great responsibility. Naturally. As we know. Doesn't Madame Web like see into the multiverse as well? Isn't she part of the whole Spider Verse oh, storyline in the comics? Yeah, it's a it's a whole complicated thing because the whole thing about Peter Parker is he's not destined for it. He, he that's the whole point of great power comes great responsibility is he he is bitten just by coincidence, but it's what he decides to do with that power. The Madame Web element comes in and goes, well, actually, there's like this web of everything where, you know, the, the spider chose you as it has chosen other people in the past, present and future. So therefore, it's all destiny and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, apparently, the whole Madame Web thing isn't isn't appreciated or liked in the Marvel's comic sphere yeah. of community because of that. Um but the trailer for Madam Web, out of all the ones that have been released via um, Sony, that are technically Spider-Man spin-offs, Adjacent, but they're not. Yeah. yeah, like this one actually looks like it could potentially be all right. Which for a Sony for a, for a Sony Spider-Man spin-off is actually like high praise yeah. because the I've Venoms still seen were the second- okay. I've only seen the first one, which I, again, thought it was okay. The second um, one kind of just ramps up the camp. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'd appreciate that one a little bit. Then. But then Morbius, I have not seen. Um, I, I just know it through memes at this point. And the you fact just know that, when it's morbing time. Yes, it's morbing time. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, but I, I'll... You know what? This one is one I probably will watch, but there's no way I'm getting the cinema to watch. Especially yeah, on I'll, I'll hang about on it. I'm still. I just want to watch Spider Verse Two again. Oh, it, it's. I must say though that <laughs> that film, I enjoyed it. 
but I didn't know it was part a one. Part one. So as I'm there watching it and it's building up and ramping up, and I'm like, where is the where's where's the ending of this film? I don't quite see where the ending is. I don't see how they can wrap all these things up in a nice little bow within probably as I'm sat there, oh, thinking, oh, maybe there's 15, 20 minutes left. How are they going to wrap all this up? And then, of course, it doesn't completely wrap up. It does leave it on a kind of, now this is set up for another film. And I just remember my daughter being absolutely furious. She's like, why is it ended there? And I'm just like, oh, no. I'm so sorry. If I'd have known, if I'd have known. And, the, and then, then the annoying thing is I looked it up afterwards. It was like, oh, you know, it, this part two is scheduled to release next March, which was about five or six months after part one. I was like, you know what? I can I can wait for that because I remember back in the day, the uh, second and third Matrix films did that, where, the, where there was yeah. hardly any re- release between the two. And then recently, you know, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame a year. I was like, that's fine. I, c- I can do six months only for them to find out. The right oh, no, strike they, they, and everything Apparently, they, they haven't even started on the on the neck part two or whatever it's going to call beyond the spider-verse whatever it is so we're probably not seeing that for another couple of years which makes it sting just a little it's bit fine more. it'll be worth it it'll be worth it oh oh it definitely will like, and honestly the, the, I, I was a, i was a little bit annoyed because i knew it was i knew it was originally a part one because they took part right. one out of the title the same way they did with a nut they did it originally with endgame endgame was originally yep. part one and they it took was, it out the title yes um sorry not Endgame. uh the other one it's anyway, infinity war infinity war infinity war yeah. part war so i kind of knew what i was getting in for on that but i remember sitting there and watching it come to the end and i was like oh right it's over oh i've been sat here for two and a half hours yeah oh right could they have cut anything out of that nope mm. no not really and i think it's one of those films that it's already a, a really good film. I think it'll become great when you can just watch that and then jump straight into the next one. Yeah, and I agree. The first, the first Spider, the first. Um, Spider- I know this, this isn't a Marvel podcast. We will get to Pokemon. I promise. The first um, Spider-Man film with Miles Morales. I remember seeing the trailer for that and thinking this looks really good. My mates did not want to go and see it, so I didn't see it for quite a bit. And I just remember watching it when it was on Netflix mm. and just being absolutely blown away by. Literally everything in that film, the, the art style is like nothing I think has ever been done like that before. And I, I don't think anything has been done since then that kind of hits that. So it's definitely that- started a trend. I don't think anything's done it to that extreme. Um, off the top of my head, uh, coming from Sony as well, you had Mitchell's versus the Machines had a similar kind of 3D okay. but 2D overlays. Um, Arcane has taken a similar route of... It's 3D that looks 2D with 2D overlays over the, overlays over the top Arcane of it. Arcane looks beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Fantastic series as well. Really recommend it if nobody's watched it yet. Uh, if you're of a certain age, like not for kids. Oh, no. <laughs> um, what else? I heard Bad Guys uh, takes a similar kind oh, of approach. And the new Puss in Boots. But I haven't seen either of oh. those. Apparently, Puss in Boots is absolutely phenomenal, yeah, and it's on my it's on my to watch list. I just haven't heard got around really, to it. Really good things about it, but yeah, I'm really excited for what they're doing with 3D animation now and how they're. Oh, and apparently the new two, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, did yes. it as well. Oh yes, yes, I've seen the trailer for that. They've yeah. kind of Again, taken this really approach good. of 
okay, let's hire a bunch of 2D animators to come in and dirty up our work effectively, which is a thing that's been in films for years. It's called like dirtying up the screen. It's why you can have a beautiful digital camera and they'll add film grain on top of it to make it look less perfect because then your eyes, uh, you accept it more. It feels more tangible. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Right. Let's move on to the first piece of Pokemon news this week. It's just a, it's just a small one. It's um, a YouTube video released on the Katsuka YouTube channel, which does animation um, films and smaller videos. Uh, the title is called Dreaming of Good Times. Um, and it is... I don't know how to describe it. It's just a happy... Happy slice of life. Look at all these people with their Pokemon um, just going about their day ready for Chinese New Year. Yeah. It's clearly a celebration for Chinese New Year. I don't think you really get that until right at the end. Yes. But there's so many characters, so many Pokemon showed off in so many different settings. And what blew me away on it is the transitions between the different scenes. Because yeah. there's so much movement in this bit of animation. And it doesn't stop. No, it it's doesn't. It's like... You know, in the past, we've criticized uh, the Pokemon anime where you can tell it's a backdrop and there's a character and then they'll just kind of slide the PNG over. Yep. This is the exact opposite. Every single frame, there is so much going on, either in the backdrop or the person or movement. It is just... It's three minutes of just go, go, go to the point where there was one scene in it where um, it's obviously a, a, it's, a, it's a young woman who suddenly shifts her hand over to hold what I imagine is her boyfriend's hand and she looks very angry and then it pans across straight away to what I imagine is the father looking very cross with a, with char- uh, no, with a choke next to him and another Pokemon. And I had to like fast forward because it flew by so quick. I was like trying to get the... Okay, what are they conveying here? I've literally just here? seen that as you were talking about it. I'm like, oh, wait, is that what he's saying? Okay. Yeah, it is the kind of father, this is my boyfriend, get used to it. And yep. it's got the dad with his crossed arms, the incineroar and the machoke. Just the That's boys it. sitting there like, we don't approve. <laughs> we don't like this man. We don't like him at all. It's absolutely phenomenal. And what I love about it is it's, it's, it's like him... Pokemon uh, Concierge in some ways in, in that it just removes the battling aspect and just goes Pokemon in the real world mm. this is what it would be like and you know and just there's a couple of shots in there I'm trying to remember what they are now where people are using their Pokemon for various things and like just living their life like there's one guy who's in a car is tr- stuck in traffic and he just pans over and just Psyduck's just there, just staring. And he's just like, oh, just like, oh headache from the car. I want to get out. It's like, oh, so I feel good. you, Psyduck. It's so good. Um, I uh, like, and th- this is, this is praise for Pokemon in general. Not just this video, but this, this video also contributes to it. Is that there's just something about Pokemon that just makes you feel good, happy, yeah. and nice. And this video but did that exact same thing of, ah, oh, like, life feels good. Yeah, I want to be there. I want to be yeah, part yeah, of this yeah. world. Yeah, And I think that's it's what Pokemon so does over any other monster-catching game. 
is it yes, just agreed. provides a world where I want to I want to I want to be part of it. Like since yeah, I was very much. young, I've been imagining Pokemon were real, and you know you know I've how all kids have imaginary friends. Yeah, mine were Pokemon. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Oh. It, was just, it was just how it was. Uh, <laughs> some some of the standout shots in this. There's a guy riding an Arcanine. It's not just because I like Arcanine. It's because of the speed at which it moves and the camera tries to chase it through the woods. A stunning, mm. stunning bit of movement. And again, two second clip. Yeah, lots goes into that two second clip. Um, and then towards the end, when they finally get to Chinese New Year. Uh, we get to see the like the dragon dance, the Chinese dragon dance, but it's an oh, entei. The entei. Oh, it's gorgeous! Really, it's really cool, beautiful. And then they've got the big Rayquaza, which they're rolling around yep. on the stick, which is fantastic. It's just, yeah, I could see that. I could see that working. It's it's absolutely great. What do you make of the? I don't want to say art style, the the color palette because it is very washed out. I think it works for a short video. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to see a full series in this. It, it feels like... I think it works for this, but it, it's lacking that vibrance that a lot of Pokemon yeah, anime have. I see what you're saying. It, it feels like they kind of wanted to go for pastels to get that softness, mm. but didn't want to change the Pokemon color too much. So, yeah, yeah I, I understand what you're saying about it looking washed out. Other than that, it's it's just phenomenal. Oh, it looks great. Fantastic. Like, if you haven't beautiful. watched it, yeah, go ahead and watch it. It's like three minutes. It's dead short. Um, and just not on the... I didn't even find it on the Pokemon YouTube no. channel, unless I was being blind, which, again, just really weird that it's, it's not on there. Shall we move on to the next piece of news where we are trying to figure out who these unknown trainers are in the upcoming Pokemon TCG release i don't know a lot about this so i think i'll hand over to connor who knows a lot more about this than i do so these are two new characters coming out from temporal forces uh they are at the moment being identified as explorer and code cracking maniac uh it's a man and a woman they are coming in one is uh in the ancient side because we now have ancient and future pokemon and cards related to the tcg uh the explorer is on the ancient side code cracking maniac is on the future side wouldn't usually draw too much attention to this okay we've had trainers in the past that aren't characters we necessarily know what i brought up to uh ben earlier was um welder which was a very strong fire type uh supporter card and it was just a welder when that got when that got a full art card, I think the welder actually changed because it was kind of a fat dude in the normal card. It, and it did then, change. Every, and then a yeah. woman in a jumpsuit, like wrapped yep. around her waist and stuff. So it wasn't a distinct character. Whereas we've seen the full arts of these cards first. That's what they've been introduced to us on. And there's a trailer, like a 25 second trailer of the Explorer walking around with a Totodile and the Code Cracking Maniac walking around with a Pikachu and they face off against the um, Gouging Fire and Raging Bolt. So a lot of emphasis is being placed on these two characters which we do not know anything about. 
which is very odd for the TCG. They don't usually create their own characters. As I say, they they have created some trainer cards and stuff like that. And if the trainer card is particularly good, it can get a full art card, but the trainer doesn't usually carry over. These are being released as full art cards. In, in the first set, they're appearing. Very, very out of the ordinary. So the question is, are they someone we're going to see in the anime? Are they someone we're going to see in a spin-off? Are they someone specifically just for the TCG and it is what it is? Or could we be possibly looking at more DLC for Scarlet and Violet? I think I want to take the one that's the least likely. And believe it or not, I think I think the one that's least likely is just for the TCG. And the reason why is because Pokemon is very good with you know, they've, they've, they're they've very aware they've got the games over here, the anime over here, TCG over here, and where possible, they they have intermingling aspects of, you won't just see a character in the game, they, you know, might appear in the anime, appear in TCG as a card. I can't see them just pulling out these characters out of nowhere when they realistically could have pulled on any number of current characters that they have and put that on there because it's got more recognition. So I yeah. think they're in something else. Yeah, but it's the question very then odd. becomes: What are they in? Because I know they're in that trailer, but I don't think that's the be-all and end-all. I think potentially it's a toss-up then for me: is of are they also in Pokemon Horizons? Or again, we keep coming back to more DLC or Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and I. Go on, what are you thinking? So I don't think they will be in Horizons. And the okay. reason is... It, it kind of looks like they are in the past and the future in the trailers. Now, again, that could simply be a explorer is exploring a ruin of a past civilization. And the uh, code breaker is just in a futuristic ish city which already exists in pokemon so this could be taking place in main time from what i understand of horizons they've already got all the characters in place and they've got their main story focus that they're working towards which is this uh ancient trainer um they've got all their villains and things like that so i think scarlet and violet sorry not scarlet and violet i think horizons is kind of good for characters i think adding two more in here that are gonna bring too much more story is gonna complicate things and i can't see them just being i can't see them creating artwork of a character that might just be in one episode no I, I, it's not there's again it's not strong enough there's not that recognition so are you falling on the side of more dlc or not or do you so, think it's something else? I think we may get... Oh, it's so complicated. Because they've tied him in with the... Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Actual crazy thought. Okay. <laughs> like, completely out there. Go for it. I want to know. We've had uh, rumors circulating recently about another mythical event. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, you know, there's lots of rumors going around at the moment, but there's rumors around there about a new, a new mythical event coming out. What if, because we still haven't really had an explanation for these pair of trio paradox Pokemon. Like you've got the beasts and you've got the swords. Mm-hmm. Now, those, they are trios, but they are trios that have a distinct fourth member, each and every yes. one of them. Yep. So could we possibly get another DLC for Scarlet and Violet or just a mythical Pokemon expansion, a legendary Pokemon expansion, similar to the epilogue? That allows us to catch Paradox, Keldeo, and Paradox Ho-Oh. Mm, With so. these two characters leading us that charge. Which would be complicated, because I assume you'd have to have all of the other ones, which means you have to have completed Perrin's trial as well. Yeah, but that also works in terms of a... Oh, let's give the... Let's give people that might still be on the fence at this point that one last nudge of is a little bit extra bang for your buck because the epilogue was was a out of nowhere and b free yep so could we see them doing something like that could we see tying in maybe to a raid event of oh yeah there's a there's a new raid event but before you do that you have to talk to a character who gives you a couple of lines of dialogue and that's an easy way to do it because what it's an easy way to do it to kind of go, okay, it's a little side quest. So it's, it's because what I don't want, I, I, I think, is something that comes after the epilogue in terms of a story. Because the epilogue kind of feels like, no, it's 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 final. It's Game Freak putting a stamp on that and going, no, this is this is the end of the game. But that might just be but this is how I see this working around it with a raid event of it's just an addition. It's a side quest. It's not actually part of that overarching story. And that's how you can bring that in. Um, and who knows? Maybe that is something that's announced at Pokemon Day later on this month. Just to tide people over that a little bit longer. Especially if, in the likely event that we're not getting a mainline game this year, we need something to tide people over. Could this be it for just just to get people hang on for that a little bit longer? It's possible. I I might be really far away with what I've said. Obviously, um, it's pure speculation, and everything we say on this podcast should usually be taken that way, unless we directly say it as news. But it seems really weird to have. I know I'd say it's really weird to have so much focus. It's a trailer and two full art cards, but that in and of itself is. It is a lot. It is because, like, they could have just gone for the safe option. I know we've already got these characters, but you could have had um, Sada and Choro. They they have the links to the past and future. Like, well, you, you could have just had, had you them. Could, you could have had them as younger as well. Yeah, and you could have called it Explorer Choro and Explorer Sada or something like that. Yeah. So the names are different on the cards. So it's before they're a professor. Yeah, that could be fun. You see, this is what this is why we're speculating on this because it really does feel like that that it just seems too unusual for it to be nothing. 
And maybe we are just going down the, you know, the Pokemon rabbit hole, and maybe they are just like, yeah, these are just characters for the TCG don't think too much about it. But all the past evidence points to that not being the case. That being said, though, they are called Explorer and Crow Cracking Maniac. If they were characters, would they not have names? Yes, un- unless that's part of the part of the marketing of we're going to drip feed you some information about these characters that we think you'll know and love in a few months' time. Here's mm. a tidbit of information. Here's the because they've done that before with Pokemon, haven't they? They've released the this is what it looks like, and then later on they revealed the name. Yes, but. They haven't named it something different first. True, true, yeah. Okay. Mm. It's, are we just reading into this and actually these are just cards? It's it's very possible, but it's fun mm. to speculate. It is, it is, yes, as always. It's always it. Hmm. Let us know what you think, folks. Honestly, I because I remember when you sent me this <laughs> the the link uh, to Soul Sil- Soul Silver Art, um, mm-hmm. who's been on on this before on the podcast before, and I was I was just like, what what am I looking at here? Because it's is someone that you know does play the TCG, but I don't keep up with the latest releases. I just didn't know what I was looking at. But now that you've explained, I completely understand why people are thinking this. Um, and you know what complete crackpot theory here of release two new characters two new pokemon we get no new pokemon game this year but we do get a new pokemon game next january why january because arceus came out january didn't it in 2020 yeah, arceus was delayed true arceus wasn't yeah. meant to come out in january when was that meant to come out? The November before? November, I think. Oh. I'd love to know why that was delayed. Because that is just... The the fact that they allowed themselves to be delayed as well. Yeah. Clearly somebody went, mm, we got Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, it's fine. Because they... So, hold on. So they... So that means BDSP and Arcus were supposed to come out the same month. I'm sorry, that that is... I've never heard of a gaming company do that or gaming franchise do that of two games, same month. Well, because there's bits in... There's a quest in uh, Legends Arceus that you realistically need Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl to work out. I think the okay. Manaphy quest, the, the clue to figure out how to get Manaphy is in the Canalave library in... But only oh, in Brilliant the... Diamond and Shining Pearl. Yeah. It's not in the yeah. originals, I don't believe. Oh. Okay. Right. I'll tell you what. Should we move on to the sales figures? Yes. Because that kind of covers some of this. So just to go back before we go forward. Um, yes. Uh, Nintendo has released the um, sales figures of the mainline Pokemon games. It was, it was Nintendo, wasn't it? Not Game Freak. Um, Breaking down every single Pokemon game, um, every single mainline game, and that does include uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee and Legends 
Arceus uh, and how many each of those have sold in terms of units. Um, should we just... How do you want to handle this, Connor? Do you want to run through some of them? I mean, should we just go from top to bottom so people know kind of the okay. rankings? Um, yep. So let's, starting let's at number then. one, red, green, and blue, 31 million. Uh, second is Sword and Shield, 26 million. Scarlet and Violet in third with 24 million. Uh, Gold and Silver, 23 million. Diamond and Pearl, 17. X and Y, 16.7. Sun and Moon, 16.3. Ruby and Sapphire, 16.2. Black and White, 15.6. Let's go Pikachu and Eevee, 15 million, 0.07. Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, 15.06. So those are basically the same number as far as anybody's concerned. Mm. Legends Arceus, 14.8. Yellow, 14.6. Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, 14.6. Very, very similar. Uh, there's 40,000 in them. Um, Heart Gold Soul Silver, 12.7. Fire Red Leaf Green, 12. Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, 9.2. Uh, Black and White 2, 8.2. Platinum, 7.7. Emerald, 7 million. And Crystal, the lowest selling Pokemon game, on 6.3 million. Which is still a lot of units. Hmm. It's interesting to see Scarlet and Violet so high, so quick, out of the gate. Because sort of, like, yes, is it? Scarlet- is it? Because it was the quickest selling Switch game of all time. That's that's what I mean, though. The, I, I guess this is my point of Sword and Shield is second on the list, but that is with the benefit of um, how November the November twenty nineteen. So it's hard. Three, four, four and a bit years to get to that, and Scarlet and Violet have done it in a year and about three months. Absolutely flown up that flown up that list in terms of the units sold. So, what has what is cool? So, uh, okay, I, actually, you know what? I think I know my own answer to my question. There is it simply because the number of switch switch units available is higher. And therefore, okay, it's time I got a Pokemon game. Well, I'm not going to start. Let's go. I'm not going to start Sword and Shield. I'm going to stop the latest one. Is that why? Is that one of the reasons why? Uh, what? Why Scarlet and Violet is so high? I yeah. think Scarlet and Violet is so high because it was pitched as the first open world Pokemon game. I remember the marketing for that and seeing the billboards. Yeah, it is as it has got that Zelda kind of inspired. The world's open to you. Go and explore it. Because some people do love their open world games. If, if it's an open world game, they'll they'll go out of the way and enjoy it and play it and buy it. And it's not, it's not totally stopped. It's it's not totally slowing down yet. So I've just pulled up the figures from September twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, just because those were the last ones. Um. How I forget when Scarlet and Violet been out for over a year now. Yes, November 2022. It's it's strange. It doesn't feel that long. No, it doesn't feel that long at all. In September 23, it was still in third place. Had 23.23 million compared to its 24.36 it has now. So what's that? One 
1.1 million. One summit, yeah. Yeah, 1.13 million. In four months. In four months. In comparison, Sword and Shield, which was still second at the time, had 26.02 million, now has 26.17. So that's a much, much smaller jump. Hmm. In fact, what's that? Hundred and fifty thousand? Yeah, it's just not still, a lot. It's, which is still figures, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But gold and silver has sold six hundred thousand in that time. Sorry, not gold and silver. Yeah, gold and silver has sold six hundred thousand in that time. I'm just reading the figures. As of September twenty twenty three, it was twenty three point <laughs> one million. It is now twenty three point seven. How has that happened? Wait, hold on. Is it hold on? Was it even available on the? It would have been on available the, on the um, uh, Nintendo eShop for the 3DS, and people would have bought a lot of those up before it all shut down. Because it got shut down. Yeah. Um, let's have a look at. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's yeah, so for, weird that- for something that's a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> to put your mind at ease, a game that is actually out of print. Yes, Diamond and Pearl I mean. has not sold anymore. <laughs> OZ Dot is exactly the same. Okay, X and Y has not good. sold anymore. Okay. Sun and Moon has not sold anymore. So there you okay, go. So, so they're not fluffing the figures. Okay, so that's fine. It's not a mistake. It, it is a... Okay, because it was available for a time on the 3DS and people have gone out of the way to buy it because it's it's ending soon. You won't be able to get it. That yeah. makes a bit more sense. Uh, let's have a look at Legends Arceus because that's a... Oh... That I think all the Switch games. I want to know all the Switch games, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. Zero change. The Legends Arceus. Zero. Was 14.83. Is now 14.83. So you're telling me between September and February, no units have been sold. That is crazy. Let's go Pikachu and Eevee. 15.07 is now 15.07. Now, that's not mm. saying uh, we're rounding here. We are. We're yes. rounding to tens of thousands. So it might just be a case of it's sold, but it's not sold enough to shift the figure. What no. about uh, BDSP? BDSP was 14.65, is now 15.06. So that's sold it's a that million one. more copies. Okay. Which so is crazy that these go. games... That's, are... that's, that's the difference, is Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl and Scarlet and Violet are still selling. Legends Arceus isn't selling at all. Sword and Shield is not selling as well, but that's fine. It's a much older game. And Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee isn't selling at all. I'm really surprised to see that Arceus hasn't shifted. Agreed. I, honestly, I would have thought that after um, Scarlet and Violet, and maybe it's just because of where I consume my news and... um, you know, people's comments. I saw a lot of people commenting that, oh, disappointed with Scarlet and Violet, go and try Legends Arcus. It might be what you were looking for because there was a lot of, you know, frustration from the, the comments I saw of, oh, I haven't played Pokemon in a long time. I've come back to come back to the series of Scarlet and Violet and I'm disappointed with what I've been given and then the recommendations about Legends Arcus. But to see... Like I, I thought Legends Arcus might have seen a bit of a bump between September and now. So why hasn't it? Is it just because 
Well, I was just about to say, is it because people have moved on? It's, oh, well, Scarlet and Violet is the new, the new Pokemon game. But as we've seen, BDSP is still selling. Sword and Shield is still selling. So what is he? Is he... And the only thing I can think of is what connects Arceus, which hasn't budged, with Let's Go, which hasn't budged. They're both kind of spin-offs. They're technically yeah. mainline, but for all intents and purposes, they're spin-offs. Yeah. Is that the connecting tissue? And if so, what does that mean for another Legends game? Is the reason why, you know, because you could look, I mean, most other gaming companies, publishers, would look at Legends Arcus that has sold nearly, you know, 15 million go. As a a solo game as well. Yep. Yes. Yes. If we can shift 15 million units of our game, happy days. But for Game Freak, are they thinking that was a nice little experiment? It sold well. But are we confident that we can publish another Legends game and it will sell just as well? Because this is the thing, you can't publish another Legends game and it do worse because then that then that is done. You need it to sell as well as, or if not, better. Yeah. And typically the way you do that in the gaming you know, community is okay. You you take what works in the bit in the the first game, and then the sequel you improve on it, and you update it. And my question then is: Has Game Freak got the skills needed for that? It's... Do you think it's? Do you think it's knowing what you're getting into? Maybe we because we play Pokemon like regularly. We talk about it regularly. We mm-hmm. are invested. So it's very natural for us to turn around and be like, oh, I'd I'd like to see something new. Maybe when people, when the average person goes out to buy a Pokemon game, they kind of want to know what they're getting into. Yeah, they just want a by-the-numbers story, and they know the battle system, they know the typings, they know how to capture Pokemon and weaken Pokemon. There's no surprises, there's no shock. Maybe it's one of those games where you can just kind of go, I don't need to overthink this. I can go into it. I can wind down. I can relax. I can enjoy it. Maybe for some people, that was what was frustrating maybe about Legends Arceus of, oh, now I've got to relearn the battle system of, I say relearn, it's got that agile and, and strong, oh, you can have you know up to three Pokemon battling you in the wild. The catching mechanics are slightly different. Um, there's a lot more... Um, a lot more exploration and the Pokedex mechanics of, oh, before I can progress, I need to complete so many um, Pokemon catches. Oh, there's no gyms. It's more of a RPG story, a typical RPG story. So maybe maybe that's maybe that's what has put some people off with Legends Arc is that I've never thought about before. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because obviously last time we did a sales breakdown, we were excited to see Legends Arceus doing so well. Mm-hmm. And now to see that it kind of it did do well, but that's it. It's fascinating. It really also, I, is. I, I cannot understand what's happened with gold and silver here because red and blue hasn't changed at all. <laughs> Which red and blue? If it, if it was on the eShop, surely red and blue would have it gone up shifted. as well. So because I don't know what's happened red, with gold and silver. The other thing I think with red and blue is it was out for a lot longer. So maybe there was 
less people that already owned it. So is red, red, green, and blue not shifted at all? No. Oh, okay, no. that's really weird then. Okay, I'm. Mm, mm. But the thing is, like, this isn't. These aren't figures that have been pulled out of nowhere. This is this is Nintendo. This is this is the the parent company of the parent company releasing. So or publishing. I will, get the, I will get the source for you right now because obviously I pulled this yeah. off Serebi Joe, um, who, to be fair, is is just, not going to send us nonsense ever. It's just no. not going to happen. No, um, I think as far as Pokemon news goes, he's pretty much the one to talk to. Definitely. Mm. I'm still trying to figure out this Arceus thing because because it obviously did well, then petered off. And my thought was, oh, it's because it's been a while since we had a Pokemon game. That's why it did really well. But actually, we got BDSP three months previously. So actually, the fact that Legends Arceus did so well being released so close to it to a spin-off of a beloved game, a spin-off, a, re- a remake of a beloved game. Arceus is Arceus sales figures are just so weird when you think about them. Of how it did so well, how it's not got a second version, how it's not a remake or a remaster, it's completely new, how it shot up and then kind of petered out. It's fallen pretty much slap bang in the middle in terms of these these games. It's just it's just a really bizarre. It's just fascinating and bizarre, and I can't figure it out. So it came from Nintendo directly. Uh, they okay. released their quarterly financial insights, which includes the sales data for Pokemon. So yeah, it's it's as from the horse's mouth as it can get. It is definitely neighing. It's definitely from the horse's mouth. Mm, this is... I ooh, I guess we'll know more in, in, later on this month whether or not you know Pokemon Day rolls around and seeing what we get. I think any other gaming franchise, most other gaming franchises, close to 15 million is enough to go, yeah, let's, let's get a sequel out. With Game Freak and Pokemon, I'm not so sure. Now, looking at this, well, there's I mean, a chance. Or- the thing is, as well, you got to remember that although Yellow like falls just behind Arceus on 14.64, most of the sequel games, you know, Crystal, Emerald, Platinum, Black and White 2, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, these are the worst-selling Pokemon games. Yeah, the remakes always do worse. Yeah. Which... Now, don't get me wrong. That's because it, it's it's fine to pump those out because they're cheaper to produce because you've already yep. got your engine and things like that and you've got most of your assets and things. You can work with a smaller team. So it kind of makes sense on that thing of like, oh, uh, well, don't bin the idea. It's basically just milking more money out of the same game. Yeah. So do it. Why not? Um, especially, actually, if you consider, you know, we made the Legends Arceus argument of it's a single game. If red, green, and blue sold 31 million and yellow sold 14 million, that's actually really good. Yeah. You know, gold and silver is a little bit of an outlier. We don't really know what's happening there, but let's say diamond and pearl, 17 million, uh, platinum, 7.7. So not quite half, but close enough. 
close yeah, enough yeah. to have to be like we can we can 1.5 times our money by just releasing the same game again yeah exactly it's it's and again that is something that obviously they can't really do anymore no because like say what what they would do is they'd release like red and blue for example and then you know within a year later typically they go he's he's another version and like connor says there's not a lot of work for them to do, but obviously when you move away from those sprite-based things, the, the sprite-based um, you know, graphics, it becomes harder to do, which is why we don't typically see it anymore. There's, you know, the reason why after Platinum, the closest one we got was Black and White 2, but that was a sequel. And then Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which was a bit of a retelling. But then since then... There hasn't really been a a third version, so to no, speak. No, the DLCs, I assume, are more profitable. Well, this is the thing. Do, this doesn't like this doesn't where does it sound? It doesn't include it, which I would love to know, because because not everyone that's bought the Pokemon games will have bought the DLC. But then, how like for, and this is the thing. It's all well and good saying, oh, unit sold. This is where Legends Arceus slots in. But I would love to see his profit. Like, how much of these games actually made? Because I think that would give a better indication of where Game Freak will, uh, will prioritize moving forward. Because if... And, and because if the DLCs do really well, then they will go just go down the route of we'll release a game and then we release DLC and that is you know our you know two year cycle almost of there's a year where we don't release a game we just release the DLC. But again, Legends Arc is just the outlier, that weird one that received no DLC, no paid DLC for some reason when so many people were screaming for it. Yeah, which again goes back to Game Freak potentially being under-resourced and Legends Arc has come out and then they're straight on to Scarlet and Violet comes out in 10 months. And it may very well Got be it. the same as, you know, let's go of a, uh, no, we tried a thing, that was it. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, we're getting closer to Pokemon Day and the last couple of months I've seen so many, you know, supposed, you know, air quotes, leaks of Johto remakes, let's go Johto remakes coming out. We've been saying that for how many years now? Let's go came out in 2018. That, that you know, it, it's 1920, five and a bit years ago. Yep. Like, I, the further that goes on, the less chance we have of seeing it. The only, the only thing that convinces me that we might see another Let's Go game is because it's an easy first game for a new console. Of yeah, just like they did with Let's Go. Of okay, we need to figure out this new this new console, how our engine works with it. We don't need to worry about you know getting a team to deal with story or creating new music or creating new monster designs. It's because you you've already got all that pre work done. You just need to you just need a team that is able to update everything. And you know what, Scarlet Violet, if they've got all these models from Johto. You know, they should be able to just port them in, which is less effort, less time. 
That's the the only way I can see us seeing another Let's Go game announced is it's the first Pokemon game out the gate for a brand new console. Yep. And again, can't see that being announced this month unless the console is announced before it. So, counterpoint, not counterpoint. Uh, to build on that, uh, to talk about mm. why we'll more likely see a Legends games than a Let's Go game. Obviously, game sales are one thing, but we all know that the games are just pushing forward the main part of Pokemon, which is the marketing, right? Yeah. And I think Legends is far more marketable than Let's Go. I mean, let's face facts. Let's Go was tied in with Pokemon Go, not the other way yeah. around. Yeah. Whereas we're now seeing the timeless travels uh, stuff going on in Pokemon Go, which allows you to get the outfit and a bunch of the Hisuian Pokemon. Hisuian mm-hmm. Pokemon mm-hmm. in general are just more marketable than anything we ever saw in Let's Go. You know, it expands outside of the game more so than Let's Go does. Yes. So I think therein lies more of a reason to do a Legends game because you can have these a tiny influx of new merch opportunities without people expecting a whole new region worth of Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where I've always thought Pokemon should go of you don't need to suddenly throw out you know 100 120 odd new pokemon i, I would don't much know. if you than, gave me a new if you gave me a new generation you'd expect that i'd expect 18 minimum really but is that is that because you that's how it's always been of you get a bunch of new pokemon or is that something that you want uh it's an expectation okay because I, uh, I you're would... right, I've always had it, but I think if you're going to sell me a new region, I've got to have a reason to want to travel around it and see something. I get that. Yeah. I get that. I think, you know, it's one of the things that I've actually enjoyed the pieces of DLC for, of, oh, you land in a new region or a new area, there's, you know, 200-odd new Pokemon, but actually only about five or six of them are brand new. Yeah. I love that. I, I much more prefer that rather than, as, you know, one of the frustrations I've got about of jump into the game, there's 400-odd Pokemon. Yeah, I've already caught, like, 300 of them in previous games, but because you won't let me access home yet, Viris, I can't bring them in. It leaves this really weird middle ground of, well, I'm catching Pokemon that I know are just going to be in the box for the rest of my life. There's no fun about it. It is just a, I'm just needing you for the Pokedex, and see you later, I guess, when... You know, you're never going to get transferred out of there to home because I've already got a version of you in home. Um, I, and l- Legends, I, I think... Legends is another way just to give love to what's come before because Legends... Di- it's introduced new Pokemon, but they were all evolutions of previous Pokemon. Yep. Whereas Let's Go... Let's Go didn't introduce any new Pokemon. It had Megas, which everyone always forgets that it had Megas, which is just bizarre. It had Megas. It had Alolan Pokemon. And uh, The only Malmetal. But again, that was a Pokemon Go. But then you had to connect to... It's weird. 
Malmetal is just so weird. Like that is so convoluted and weird. Um, which is why you're allowed it just for connecting to Pokemon Home now. Home now, yes, yes. Which I found out the other day. I was like, wait, what? Why have I got one of these boxes? I haven't connected to Let's Go in like three years, and I clicked. And I was like, oh, it, over, it works. Okay. <laughs> and then I couldn't use my normal law because you can't have more than one law at a time. Um, yeah, well done, Niantic. Um I am. I'm so excited for this this Pokemon Day, just because we'll finally get answers. The last couple of months has been so much discussions, theories, expectations of what are we getting from this this year's Pokemon Day. What announcements are we getting? Because typically February is the big one. It's the mm. is the roadmap for the next year. Here's everything that you've got to look forward to. And I'm just wondering what we get because it is uh, it's never felt so up in the air of and part of that's down to 30 year anniversary Gen 10 and the links there Legends up in the air potentially a Switch 2 at some point it feels like it could be it could be absolutely phenomenal. It could be it could also be a an initial letdown. So hear me out. You've just mm. mentioned about the Switch 2, right? We mm-hmm. assume that the Switch 2 is coming within the next year or so. Really? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think they would be foolish, as much as they've done it before with like 3DS and things like that, I think they'd be foolish to go, here's a brand new Pokemon game that's already outdated. Yeah. They could do it. Game Freak a Game Freak and nobody's going to stop them. But how... W- how do you think you'd feel if they turned around and said no announcement for a new Pokemon game? I mean, you get all the spin-offs and stuff like that that you expect. Of course. Yeah. You get another two-part DLC. One in April, one in November. That's it. That's that's your lot this year. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I'd really w- I really would be okay with that. I I They're going to charge you really again, though. Yeah, but I But if you get a new game, they're going to charge you for that. Yeah, it's, but you, do you want to be the person who's turned around and says, yeah, I spent 120 quid on Scarlet and Violet? Yeah, why, why'd you have to bring that up? Because no, that's the like, reality of the situation, yeah, and this is what we need to bring to our audience's attention. <laughs> no, you are right. It, yeah, suddenly I feel like I've been robbed. I did get um, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, I, I Again, I don't see that happening because we've had the epilogue. The epilogue feels like the, the final... Nailing the coffee. Actually, you know what I could see thinking about it? That the next game does come out, the next Pokemon game does come out the Switch, but the Switch 2's backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. Because then that type, that is fantastic for Game Freak, because Game Freak, for those who don't know, have a history of, oh, the 3DS is out, well, we're still going to release Black and White 2 on the DS, because it's still got a huge installation base of, you know, so many units sold, and they'll hopefully, in theory, sell more on the the old generation, even though it's only recently old compared to the new generation, which doesn't have a lot of people buying it. Backwards compatibility just completely throws that argument out the window because, oh, well, hold on. If I buy this now on the Switch, when I get a Switch 2 in a year's time, I can buy it again. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll do it. Can we just point out that that really says a lot about Game Freak's confidence? Like, they have to have a lot of people own the console 
to buy the mm. game rather than people who will buy a console for a game which pokemon should be a console seller it should be it it should be like it, it's actually really strange because when you think of the three main consoles you you've got nintendo you've got sony and you've got microsoft and out of the three of them the one that i think has the most memorable the most popular first-hand titles is nintendo it's got mario it's got zelda you know it's got it's got uh, that painting inkling one whatever that's called nowadays that that you know they lean hard on that as well it's got metroid it's got all these these amazing wealth and yet pokemon isn't one that you think of you're aware that it's on it's on the nintendo consoles but for me, it's not the thing that I think of when I think of that console. Because for the longest time, it wasn't on the consoles. No, it wasn't. It's only the recent generation that and it's And the like... games on the consoles weren't really the games you were playing outside of maybe Coliseum. Yes. Like, True. I'm sorry, but nobody bought a Wii to play Rumble. No. No. Hmm. Yeah, the, 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 main line, the main consoles were always seen as they... Oh, no, that's how you play the spin-offs. It was never seen as how you play the deep, the mainline games. And it's only this last you know, console that's changed that. So, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, hear me out here. Hear me out. Theory crafting. Pokemon announces a new game for November. The Switch 2 also comes out in November. Would you see that happening? It'd be interesting to see it happen. I'd love that. I'd love it. I'd be curious how it pans out, but I'd love it. But this is why I think backwards compatibility is the way forward. Like, don't get me wrong. There are probably dev kits out there already. If the Switch Two is coming, oh, there is. dev kits yeah. are out. Yeah, like, we, yep. yeah. The reason we know there's a Switch Two coming is because dev kits are out. Fair point. Yeah. Um. How comfortable do we think Game Freak are working on it? Not very. Not very at all, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, which is just why... You know what? I've also seen rumours of... um, of... um, a, a... not a remaster, but almost a second edition of Scarlet and Violet being on, or a repackage of Scarlet and Violet being on the Switch 2 of Oh, you want to buy it? Well, now you can buy it with all the DLC included, and it's on. It's on the Switch Two is the, is the launch game, which again tides people over. It's on it. It almost feels like you they can almost get away with that. Of oh, we're going to take a break this year because we're re-releasing this game as a complete package on the new console. Like it's a fresh way to play, upgraded graphics, all this kind of stuff. Almost feels like they can get away with that, which gives them that one year breathing room. Because they they never seem to have that breathing room they need because they are on that constant schedule of one year, one game, or one year, two pieces of DLC. Maybe we see that. This is what I mean. This is why this year for Pokemon is fascinating because there's a lot of potential avenues Game Freak, along with the Nintendo console, can go down I don't think Game Freak has ever been in this position before because obviously the move to the Switch, well, they came off from the 3DS. 
and it was all up in the air because the Switch was the first time Pokemon was on. The mainline games were on a one of the, you know, um, non-handheld, even though the Switch is a handheld, but it's, it's not, not just a handheld. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do this year. Yep. Um, can I round out this conversation just with uh, some yeah. more updates to the sales? Just because I've now found some sales okay. figures from February 2023, so a year ago. Okay. Okay, so I haven't got all of the breakdowns. Um, I've got the top 10 um, Switch games available to me right now. Uh, so Pokemon Sword and Shield currently, just to remind you, is on 26.17 million. One year ago was on 25.68. So yeah, it's done about 600,000, 500,000-ish okay. in a Not year. Not bad for a, for a game that's, what, three years old? Yeah. Four years like old? Uh, a year ago, Scarlet and Violet, which is now on 24.36, was on 20.61. So 4 million copies in a year. So let just to put that as perspective, people... All those negative reviews and, and issues that highlighted after release doesn't seem to have deterred some people. Yeah, because it did. It did that like twenty million within the first couple of months, really, didn't it? Mm. Well, yeah, this is February, so yeah, the first four months it did twenty million, and then over the last year it's still done another four. So that's kind of crazy. Ooh. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee not sold anything since November. It was on 15.07 now, was on 15.07 in November, was on 15.07 <laughs> this time what? last year. Okay, which makes me think it's it's selling next to nothing and they just don't bother updating the figures, okay? So yeah, that's those those are the main figures I've got. Unfortunately, Legends Arceus uh, isn't on here. Uh, I'm sure I could look it up, but if you're really that interested, go find these figures for yourself and let us know what you think any of it means. Because we're, we're just spouting off nonsense obviously game freak what will we have know? their own figure breakdowns they'll have a load of people deciding what means what and what's worth investing in and as you say we don't have profits um we don't know how no. much it costs to make any of these games um so and let's be let's be clear the the people that have those figures and have uh, and have the power to make the decisions are not sharing them with mm -hmm. us they're not sharing with us, and they aren't the people that actually make the games day in and day out. Completely different people, folks. Like the the people that love and craft these games aren't the ones making the financial decisions. This is typically the case in in most um, most businesses. Um, shall we jump into one last question before we wrap up the podcast? Courtesy of our friend Lewis, um, who, when we met him recently, asked us to to answer this question, and we kind of touched on it there and then. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna ask it again and see what our answers are. So, uh, Lewis wants to know what to asks us: Can you pitch your Pokemon game set in the future of the Pokemon universe? And I remember what I came up with. Do you remember what you came up? with? I can't hear. I muted <laughs> you know, myself I like an idiot. <laughs> I uh, no, I can't. I can't remember what I said. Please, you okay. go ahead. Okay. So I said I wanted one in like a dystopian future. We, you know, Pokemon yes. has this. Look at all these magical creatures. Look at all this amazing technology. 
how the Pokemon universe hasn't imploded at this point because of the amount of mythicals, legendaries, and just actually Pokemon that aren't even in those categories that are just just overpowered. Like, you know, Steelix and Onyx boring underground. Alakazam using its psychic powers. Like, how we aren't living in a in a timeline where everything has gone wrong, Pokemon have overthrown or a group of people have used their Pokemon to overthrow society and you're the last person, you know, in this in this desert wasteland who, oh no, I, I abide by the old laws of six Pokemon, my fellow Pokemon, we're going to work together, we're going to overcome whatever villainy has, has done this. Um, and you know what? You can resolve it by there's there's a timeline plot. There's enough Pokemon with time travel powers of that's the end goal to put things right. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, there's plenty of post apocalypses available to us. Um, Guzzlord is obviously the main one. Uh, when you get to go see Guzzlord's world, um, that's all ruined. Uh, realistically, Team Rainbow Rocket's home world must be a nightmare. Yes. So mm-hmm. there's plenty to play with there. I think, <laughs> sorry, I think if I'm going to do a futuristic Pokemon game, see, for me, the Pokemon is already somewhat futuristic. Uh, yeah. You know, we were talking about the fact that there's teleporters and you can convert things into energy and upload them to the internet. Like, this is a crazy world that they live in. But there's this... Uh, connection between people and nature and that balance is always in flux and is always coming up against it and i think that would get to a point where people want to progress and pokemon would be in the way basically of that progression Mm. so it's either a case of like you're either with us or you're against us and Pokemon, we've seen, I think the second movie says it best, that Pokemon are more in tune with nature than we are, so they can feel like natural disasters and things like that coming early. So I think even if we had well-trained Pokemon, if we're suddenly drilling into the ground and sucking up the Earth's energy, you know, we found um, uh, even uh, whatever Terrapagos has been feeding on to become so powerful. You know, I've got this idea that mm-hmm. um, Arceus's energy was born bore far deep into the ground. That's what Terrapicos was eating on. Okay, humans have figured out if we bore down into that, we can harness this energy and basically steal life from the planet. You know, it's a little bit of Final Fantasy VII in that way. The Pokemon aren't going to stand for that. No. But people need Pokemon. We've we've lived with Pokemon our whole lives. Oh, what do we do? We make our own Pokemon. That's how you get Paradox Future Forms. So now you've suddenly got the Paradox Future Forms on the sides of people, and you take the side of Pokemon. True Pokemon. True nature. Trying to fight back. Trying to take down the man. Trying to... Capitalism. (laughs) Socialist Pokemon. That's it. That's where we're at. Yeah! (laughs) Hippie, nature-hugging, lover Pokemon. (laughs) I can see that working. I like That's that. That's how I do it. I like that a lot. Let us know what you would do. What would your, you know, Pokemon game set in the in future be like? I think that's that's the end of the year. Uh, that's the show for this week. If you got this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? 
Um, by the way, that top dollar thing. Oh, it was good, wasn't it? Week. It's fantastic. Where apparently I pause for a split second when I'm when I'm saying something, and I can't remember who it was said something along the lines of, "Honestly, thought Ben was just going to come out with that's just bottom dollar." <laughs> Absolutely love it. I think we were talking about death threats. It's like if you say death threats, you're just you're just bottom dollar. <laughs> bottom dollar. <laughs> If you've got comments or questions, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, by leaving it on our Discord channel, or by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. As always, before you go, we'd really appreciate it if you can leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. If you're watching on YouTube, then please leave a like. It always helps out the podcast. Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at CapFidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Owen Gaming on YouTube and Professor Owen on Twitter. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya! See ya!